0: just spend a little bit of time this morning giving a quick update on uh, my time in Dallas and uh, sharing a little bit of a challenge <clears throat> that I, I think is important for us to think about. Uh, we were very fortunate to have in Dallas a pretty good group of people from Debaromet. Uh We had my wife, of course. And Vlad was there. Vlad is serving as the young adult liaison of the UMJC. So he worked a lot. <laughs> yes, he did work a lot. And uh, he's a hard worker, uh, too, you know. Uh, but uh, he was there. And then also Rachel and Eric, Mary, were there. And, um, and Jason Moreff. Sorry, Jason. Jason's so quiet. And Jason was there. What? And Rachel Benton, yeah, Rachel's not here. Yeah, and it was good that she was there, and I look forward to getting her feedback on that too. It was a good event. Uh, the purpose of our, well, let's see here. We could call it a mid-year which makes no sense to the whole world because it's January but it's mid-year only because it's in contradistinction from our summer conference that makes sense one suggestion was let's call it our winter conference and so maybe it'll be called the winter conference but what it really is supposed to be is a leadership enrichment event It's supposed to be a time for UMJC leaders, whether they are congregational leaders, so rabbis and wives, or important leaders within a congregation, whether it's with the youth or teachers. Uh, One guy who came uh, was a fellow named Henry Goulet who runs the Yeshiva, basically the Messiah Studies Institute, which is uh, uh, an actual educational institution, part of Beth Messiah Columbus, and, uh, and uh, he was there, and he is now Jason's BFF. Uh, they had a great time together, and I was really encouraged because that's really an exciting thing. I think was something we should do in Chicago. And uh, so it was, it was a wonderful time of connecting. And again, the topic was leadership development. And, of course, leadership development is critical uh, in terms of the fact that as a a community, as as congregations, as synagogues, uh, synagogues operate primarily through volunteerism. All right? Uh, And that's an important thought for me. I really believe that the less I do it it is a demonstration of the strength of the leadership within our community. Um, Often... I remember many years ago, a fellow pretty much, I've known him forever, he said, so what do you really do? You just work once a week, right? And of course, I wanted to just kind of take and grab him around the neck. Uh, But uh, it can often seem like that. What does a rabbi do? What does a full-time worker really do? I mean, it, it really does depend, right? What I always say is ministry, vocational ministry, is really all about availability. It's about availability. When crises occur, you need to be available. All right? You need to be available to be an encouragement in the lives of people. All right? Also, uh, it's available in terms of being willing to stay in a geography and over time be a, a spiritual encourager, a mentor in the lives of people. Consistency is an important requirement. For spiritual leadership and authority. All right, So uh, it may seem like uh, the rabbis should be doing everything. I'll call my friends up every once in a while who are pastors of churches. Every once in a while I'll catch one of them mowing the front lawn of their churches. All right, This is, of course, in the summer or definitely not around here. But think about that. Now, I suppose if a, if a congregational leader loves horticulture, they can be out there planting things and cutting the grass. Often they'll say to me, well, I'd have to do this because nobody else will. That's not a sign of a well-developing community, right? So much needs to be done, but it all demands, requires leadership development. It requires spiritual maturing. It, dev- it really requires people being willing to get involved. And so in a variety of levels, uh, we approach this discussion, in essence, uh, at this conference. Uh, but again, the big emphasis has to do with the development of rabbis. We still have a uh, dearth a real limitation in terms of new emerging spiritual leaders within the Messianic Jewish community. Uh, next uh, Sunday, I have to fly out. It's kind of a last-minute thing. But we, we have found a, a rabbi for one of our uh, most important congregations in the Los Angeles area. And uh, I'm so excited about it. I wanted to make sure we had one of the major uh, UMJC officials there for the event. And so I drew the short straw, which is not true. I really wanted to go. I'm glad for the opportunity. Because you know what? When you can find a spiritual leader who's a good man uh, and bring him into the work, that needs to be honored. And so I'll be going and doing that next Monday and Tuesday. But how does this make a difference in a community like ours? How does leadership development and spiritual encouragement, and literally the basic concept of making Talmudim, how does it affect us? How does it fit in here? When we talk about making Talmudim, when we talk about making disciples, often we think about it in terms of education. It's about information transfer. That's not what it's about. That's not the most important thing. I want us to take a look at a couple of texts. Take a look with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20 is what we're going to look at. I just want to briefly point out a few things this morning and give us some encouragement in regards to the importance of making Talmudim. So this is page 943 in the Congregational Tanakh. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to the Galilee, to the mountain Yeshua had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some wavered. That's a very important phrase. Alright, but I won't go into it. And Yeshua came up to them and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. Go, therefore, and make disciples, make Talmudim. Of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Ruach HaKodesh, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The operative words here, word really, is that phrase, make Talmudim. That's really what the entire portion is focused around. Go, a lot of people, I think. Um, like to look at that word go, meaning wherever you're at, get up and go, go someplace else, go anywhere. Because it's in the going, you'll get uncomfortable, and God's going to do something with you in getting out of where you're at. That's not really the point. That's not the point. The point really is action, and the action directed is making a spiritual difference in the lives of the people around you. Talked to a friend of mine who been serving in Turkey for, he's got to be there at least 20 years now, maybe 25 and about 10 or 15 years ago, I asked him the question, so talk with me about all the hundreds, if not thousands, of people doing missionary-type work in Turkey. What, how, how do you view them? What's going on? What do you, you know, how do you evaluate the work? He said 80% of them should go home. 80% of them should go home. There's about, if I'm not mistaken, there are at least 5,000 missionaries in Israel today. Missionaries, people that are registered as missionaries in Israel. 5,000. That's not a people. Now, in the Jewish community, we say missionary. Missionary is, you know, a bad word because it's got so much baggage in the Jewish world. All right, But if we think about individuals who have gotten up and have gone someplace outside of their normal area, specifically to do a work where they're interfacing with people in terms of spreading the, the good news of who Yeshua is and making disciples, it is always... It has always caused me to pause when I think about how my friend said 80% of those people should go home because they're not doing anything. Now do we realize that making disciples, making Talmudim is not something we do over there. Or we do over there is something that we do here. We make disciples here. We make Talmudim here. We do it in different ways in this community. You know, we, we, we obviously have educational components, right, in terms of, of uh, you know, Shabbat school and different things. Uh, but we do it in a variety of different ways here because making Talmudim is all about relational interaction toward a spiritual goal. We do it in the brotherhood meeting. Because in the brotherhood meeting, we are connecting. We're being challenged. We're praying for one another. We're making Talmudim in that sense. You're doing it later on today in the sisterhood meeting. Because I know that <laughs> you're all memorizing scripture. And in the process of being together, like iron sharpening iron, you are, you are spiritually impacting one another. It doesn't have to be this formula, formulaic thing. It doesn't have to be this, this highly structured activity where I'm the mentee and you are the mentor type of thing. It's in the relationship, the intentional, active, personal relationship with the people in your sphere of influence. I want to read this uh, illustration. I've used it before, but I want to make a point in regards to this. Norman Geisler, another theologian, (laughs) as a child was not from a believing home. And uh, some or another, he was uh, invited to go to a uh, what they call a daily vacation Bible school. Alright, those are those club type things. We do it. Camp Maccabee is our uh, thing. It's a summer event where kids come and learn stuff about God. And it's especially great because kids are out doing nothing so you can drag them in. So it's a great way to re- reach out. So somebody invited Norman Geisler, to one of these things, uh, with a, a bunch of other neighborhood children when he was just a kid. The church that sponsored this event had Sunday school. And so somebody, uh, it says here a bus driver, so somebody on a regular basis continued to reach out to this kid and drag him to the Sunday school. It says that he came, and they logged this, 400 times. 400 times. Before he ever made a commitment for Messiah Yeshua. It wasn't until he was in his senior year in high school that this occurred. So he gets invited to a daily vacation Bible school which is a kids event and it takes 400 points of contact with this congregation throughout his life as a, as a kid into his senior year of high school before he finally becomes a believer. And the reason he continued to come is because there was someone who was willing to connect with this kid over Someone who is willing to look at this individual and say, I desire to make a spiritual difference in the life of that child. You know, what's interesting is with children, you never know where they're at spiritually until they get old enough to demonstrate quite clearly their personal life direction. It's easy to just take it for granted that a kid is is a follower of Messiah Yeshua if he shows up for stuff repeatedly. But you just never know. What's important is the willingness of an individual to desire to impact over time relationally into the life of an individual, another individual. Now I think this story is great because it's easy to give up on kids. You just get tired of picking them up and wondering what really is going on in this particular individual. It's easy to give up on them. I had to give a, a... I, sp- I spoke briefly at the uh, leaders' meeting, and uh, kind of along the lines of what I want to share today, but in a different direction. And I referenced three individuals uh, as part of my talk. I referenced Velodia, because <laughs> he's a great example, somebody I can reference on this. Uh, Nome Levy, those of you who remember Nome, and then uh, Jason I uh, kind of explained how with these three different individuals, I, kind of, there were three different individuals, three different approaches, three different individuals just show up one day coming into my sphere of influence and what I had to do with them. But I have to point out, it's a very interesting fact, that when I was about eight years of age, that I was invited to a program called Boys Brigade, which was kind of a militaristic Christian program, but it was cool because we played dodgeball a lot. And it was a man named Mr. Canfield. Mr. Canfield, who was a painter in Santa Rosa, California with an old beat-up pickup truck that would drop in my neighborhood and collect about four or five of us week after week after week. And because of that event and the proximity that it brought me, ultimately I think God used that. I'm sure Mr. Canfield didn't think about it in terms of Intentional sphere of influence relationship type. He was just thinking, you know what? It's a bunch of squirrely kids. that are on my way to this church. I can just drop by the street, open up the cab and let them jump in when it was legal to do so and take them. And I thank God for Mr. Canfield because he was willing to pick me up. He was willing to help me out. He was willing to live out his faith and generosity of time for a bunch of squirrely kids like me. It was an act of making Talmudim, of making disciples. Now making Talmudim is not just a job, as I said, of the professional staff. It's not the rabbi's job. It's not the youth leader's job. It's our individual responsibility, every single one of us. Within, within this community and whatever community that we're ever a part of, to consider who we can personally, intentionally, and actively encourage toward greater spiritual maturity. That is each one of our responsibility to be thinking of who we can spiritually impact, certainly beginning with our family members, but also those outside of our family. Who is it that is in my, in my relational connections that I am being Messiah-like before to encourage them so that they can be more and more like the Messiah that I follow? Matthew 28 is all about making Talmudim, making disciples, making disciples. And it looks different for every single one of us. But the end result is always the same. Individuals who are growing more and more into likeness of our Messiah Yeshua so that they themselves can make Talmudim also. So let's take a look here. I mean, on your sheet, uh, the announcement sheet, it's very simple. Uh, the, in the blue, is has got the big statement. Uh, four bu- uh, bullet points here. Uh, This is not rocket science. But I want to mention the key note. All of our efforts must flow out of investing in authentic personal relationships. Hopefully this morning you have an authentic personal relationship with the God of the universe through Messiah Yeshua. That you yourself love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That is critical. And that you are desiring personally to grow and develop as a follower of Messiah Yeshua. You can't make Talmudim, you can't make disciples, you can't spiritually impact the life of anyone else if you're all messed up. If you've got issues with God that you have not processed, if you've got active sin in your life that you are not working through, if you don't have someone else in your life who you have allowed to be a spiritual mentor for you, you're not going to be able to be a spiritual mentor for anybody else. It's not possible. So it's important that you remember that if you desire to make a difference in the lives of someone else, that you yourself are the authentic, personal, spiritually growing individual that person really needs. But there's a couple of points here that are here, and this is really not going to take too long. I have here four points. Identifying, equipping, empowering, and releasing. And I'm not going to speak it the way I did on Sunday night, so you don't have to worry about that. But I want to say a couple of things. One, identifying literally is... Finding somebody, trying to think about who in your sphere of influence, who within your, your relationships has a spiritual interest that needs to be encouraged. It might be somebody younger than you. It might be somebody older than you. Who is it that has an interest? Identifying that individual. And then who has a spiritual aptitude? In other words, not just an interest to relate and be together, but who is, who's really has that, that, that desire, the, the interest in growing and learning spiritually? Some people are lonely. They just want somebody to be with them, okay? That's not the same thing, all right? You know, being lonely is not a qualification for for growing into a stronger relationship with God, with somebody else. That's just you sucking time from somebody yourself. I mean, if you really are lonely, go make some friends, okay? That's all another sermon. But identifying somebody who you know that you've engaged with, that really, you know... Desires to grow spiritually, and they really could use someone else who's growing spiritually to just come alongside them. Second is equipping. With this, I want to uh, turn over to 2 Timothy 2 2. It's a passage which hopefully everybody's very familiar with, but I want to read it. 2 Timothy 2 2. <clears throat> Page 1141. Here you have this, this wonderful relationship between Timothy and Paul. Shaul. Timothy is is uh, you know came to faith or at least has been mentored by by Paul. And Paul gives him this challenge. And what you have heard from me among many witnesses and trust to faithful people who will be capable to teach others also. Alright? Finding people that are faithful who will be capable to teach others it's important that we remember that it's our all responsibility it is every single one of ours responsibility to train up other people for the work uh, for just the the believing life I mean just just not to take no hands but who have you been a spiritual equipper for? who have you helped strengthen in their relationship with God? Who have you intentionally helped strengthen in their relationship with God? That's a hard question. For many of us, I know that that we feel inadequate. I think that's our biggest problem. We feel a sense of inadequacy. Well, I didn't go to Moody, I didn't go to Trinity, I didn't go to Yeshiva, what do I know? Well, what has God been teaching you? When you're reading your scriptures on a daily basis, because we should all be reading our scriptures on a daily basis, what has God been teaching you? What has he been showing you? Who have you been sharing that with? Who have you been talking with about the things that God's been doing in your life? It's as simple as that. I know I'm encouraged when I hear about other people growing and learning. It encourages me a lot. Who have you been sharing with, especially in an intentional way, with someone who is maybe newer in the faith than you are, or someone who you know uh, really has great potential, but is really kind of spiraling around, not really doing much? Who are you encouraging through active mentoring, intentional development of that person's character or their personhood? Who have you been really giving some time to, to, to point out areas of development in a positive way, or maybe even it could be in a slightly negative way, when you see somebody as a believer, a follower of Messiah Yeshua, who again has potential, but is not living up to their potential in just some of the basic service things that believers can do. One thing to keep in mind, unfortunately, though, is that when you do try to make a difference in the lives of people by spiritually mentoring and encouraging them, you do have to wait and see who responds. And this little acronym is, uh, that, I, that I got from somebody else, I can't remember who, is FAST. You want to see who is faithful. If you're, if you're trying to, let's say that you have somebody who's come into your, into your life, you have a relationship with, who struggles in a certain area, and you don't struggle in that area, but you have, a, you, have some, you have some ways to encourage them. If you provide the encouragement, are they willing to do what you're asking them to do? That's important. Are they faithful to listen to you? Unfortunately, if someone is not faithful to listen to you, then it's probably not going to work out. They're really not that interested in being spiritually encouraged and mentored. If they are, then great. But it is important to gauge and see who's really willing to change. Who's really willing to change? Who's going to be willing to make the time? Who's going to be willing to to spend time with you? I mean, there have been people in my life that I've really wanted to try and encourage spiritually, move forward, and they don't have time for me. Well, can't do much with anyone who's not available. The other is to see who is able to get past their areas of sin. I remember when I became a believer, I always joke about this. Well, not joke. I, no, I, make, you know, I used to smoke and I used to drink. Yeah, yeah, not, not that bad, but bad enough. So I became a believer in the guy, Moose, who helped me to come to faith, called me on the phone and talked me down every once in a while. Talked me down, you know. You don't need to. You've been saved. You don't have to go back. Okay, Moose. All right, Moose. I had to be willing to grow and I had to demonstrate spiritual growth. We all have bad habits. We all have bad habits as believers in Yeshua, right? Hopefully the bad habits that you have spiritually are an improvement over what they were a year ago or two years ago or four years ago or six years ago. Are we spiritually improving in our maturity if someone you're trying to make a difference with someone you're trying to encourage is not even showing any improvement then one, the person maybe is not a believer in Yeshua, that's something that needs to be considered but two, there has to come a point where you just say listen I really love you I want to be an encouragement to you but like, you're still the same as you've always been there's been like absolutely no change in you I think maybe that's not really much t- point for us getting together to pray together, to study together because it's having no impact on your spiritual growth and development and maybe this leads to the third point which is teachability of course it's important to understand that if you're going to make any difference in the lives of anyone whether it's your you know, family member or whether it's somebody that you may be involved with in the congregation uh, uh, maybe in the brotherhood or the sisterhood or on the music team or whatever and the person's not teachable then there literally is nothing that can be done to be a spiritual encouragement to that person that's a sad thing. I would say in this synagogue, in the context of this synagogue, you know, if you find somebody that just is not willing to either spiritually mature, not able seemingly to spiritually mature or demonstrates a complete lack of teachability, then maybe give me a call. That's a good thing for us as elders to try and do. You know, sometimes people will act among their peers in a certain way, but sometimes they'll say, oh, well, you know, if you get among get an older adult or an elder or something it makes a difference isn't it isn't it exciting to think that when we come together that there really is an expectation according to the biblical text for each one of us to be challenging encouraging each other toward greater spiritual maturity and usefulness for the Lord that's the whole point behind a congregation you know we are not islands unto ourselves but every one of us like iron sharpening iron iron we should be encouraging and impacting the other for our spiritual good. So if you look around the room and you think about it, hopefully there's not a single person in this room who you do not want to relate to spiritually. Hopefully you can look around this room and you can see a couple of dozen people who really are people you want to be challenged by. You want to better understand how they're growing in their relationship with God so that you might know better how you can grow in your relationship with God. That's what community's all about. When it comes to empowering and releasing, these are really steps as people are growing in their relationship with God and maturing in their relationship with God. God raises up people to, to be leaders in community. Right, And uh, of course that's why we have a synagogue board. Individuals who may be crunching numbers uh, during the week, but then are serving, you know, within the congregation in in different important tasks. People that uh, uh, would never want to get in front of anybody, but have a tremendous aptitude to not only study the biblical text, but to be able in a cogent way to present it. Which is why we have droshes. So people then become empowered to use their their gifts and abilities within the community for the, for the strengthening of the community at higher levels of leadership. The last releasing is really when a person is, you know, it's, it's in a mentoring relationship where people not only are serving within uh, a relational connection. I mean, when, I, when I, I identified this when we were in Dallas, is, you know, hopefully we're all mentoring and raising up and discipling people and as we go along and people are growing and developing uh, it's great to see when people are growing and developing so much that God can do something tremendous with them that may be completely outside of their original mentor's situation I mean, uh, I'm always excited to know that we got Mr. Cohen out there in Los Angeles running children's programs he's not running children's programs my way, I can tell you that but, he's doing it his way, and that's okay. He's been released, you know. He's a good man, loves the Lord, loves our Messiah, and is trying to do crazy things his way. And as many of you know, I am such a fading rose. I don't have any expectations on people at all. So, just kidding. So, but it's important for me as a leader to recognize that, uh, that Mike, like all people, are God's servants for God's work. Not my servants for my work, okay? Maybe you're here in this community and you're, you're, you're doing some work and, and you feel like every once in a while you got me breathing down your neck on something. It's probably true, but it may also be because you're still in that process of growing and developing and that you're not ready to be released for something greater. Maybe you're still more in that equipping phase and you're moving into the empowering phase where, you know what, things are just functioning. You'll notice we have music every single week and it follows themes and it's cogent and it makes a lot of sense. And it's because Esther does it all. Esther doesn't need hardly any direction to do an important ministry within this community. That's an exciting thing. It's because she's learned how to do it she does it well. She's got a humble spirit, yet she's strong with the task. And uh, frankly, I hardly ever think about it, uh, except for when I have to put songs into a sheet, which actually now Jason's doing. So, But she's released. She's really released to do as she feels God leads her to do in terms of song selection, which is the goal of mentoring people. So let's kind of wrap it all up here. The question I would ask this morning is who are you currently, personally, intentionally, and actively helping to become a stronger follower of Messiah Yeshua? Maybe for you, because of just the reality of your life, it's somebody within your family. You can't really do much outside your family, but because your kids are young and circumstances are such, your focus 100% is on your family. That's great. Alright? Maybe in your mind you're thinking, okay, who is it that, yeah, that's a good question. I'm really not, <laughs> really not doing much with anybody. You know, in fact, I think about this maybe once in a while when you talk about it from the Pima. We all need to have people, as it says here, that we are personally, intentionally, actively helping to become, a strong, become stronger followers of Messiah Yeshua. And it can be as easy as a phone call. It's as easy as even a Facebook post, although that's a bit impersonal. But, but thinking, who is it that I really connect with? Who do I really love? Who has God put in my heart to just be an encouragement to? That's what God wants us to do. And some of you do that with me. You just call or you do silly things to just make sure I'm encouraged. I need encouragement. That's an important... That, that, I mean, it, that's also, you know, iron sharpening iron. You know, it, it causes me to think... Uh, Barry's not here, but Barry, of course, is very effervescent and bubbly and and that's just the way Barry Isaacson is and I remember Barry Isaacson challenged me uh, several years ago, as you know I, I become very focused sometimes and very serious and grouchy and I remember him basically challenging me on my grouchiness once and it was great, you know, it was really appreciated and I'll never forget it and it was him mentoring me So think about the possibilities of what we can do if we are each personally, intentionally, and actively helping others to become stronger followers of Messiah Yeshua. And then the last thought is how are you investing in the lives of people through authentic personal relationships? That's really important. Authenticity in relationship demands transparency. It demands being willing to just really live with people. One of the reasons why I really believe in the importance of local community. I mean, I know some of you schlep in, but that's not most of you. You know, all too often in our Messianic Jewish world, people don't have much depth in their relationships because there's so much distance in their proximity. If you really want to be, you know, if you really want to make a difference in the lives of people, it is transparency and proximity. It's being willing to actually live in community with people as best you can. And for some of us, it's difficult. But you need people in your life. That means you need to have, in essence, an open life policy where you allow people in and you make yourself available to others. And you do the same where you go and you seek people out. One day I will get a chance to have coffee at Bob Barrett's house. I know. One day. But regardless, I know that he and I spend lots of time talking in coffee shops and other places that are deemed more appropriate. But it's the proximity and the transparency that makes for real relationship and it's what makes for true disciple making in our community. All right, So... I wanted to share that. Again, the, uh, the, the leaders meeting was fantastic. And uh, possibly next year a few more of you might be able to go. Again, it will be in Dallas. And uh, we'll have a different topic. But uh, it's a great encouragement for us. We're going to uh, close in a word of prayer and then uh, say the Kiddush together. God, I thank you so much uh, just for the fact that you have privileged us with this opportunity. to to be used of you in the lives of others. And I pray that each one of us, God, would look for those opportunities and that we would take advantage of them. But then ourselves, God, that that we would value authenticity, transparency, and proximity with one another. That we really would be be doing that and in doing that, God, that uh, you would draw us all closer to one another. Strengthen us so that we might be the community you need us to be for the benefit of those who don't yet have community, whether they are believers in Yeshua or not. And I just thank you for this place and the uniqueness of it and the blessing that it is. And I pray this in Yeshua's name.